Good morning. I uh, would like to just stop by this morning to just share a little something with you that um, happened to me over the past couple of weeks. And just want to hope that it's encouragement to someone. And it's going to be called Tale Bearing versus Testimony. Uh, it took a dream to push me to a place of deliverance. And I just want to thank God for what he showed me throughout this process. The dream caused, caused me to call a friend so that I could uh, sound off on her in hopes that God would bring revelation to the dream. He did bring it out in such a simple yet profound way. And in doing that, um, it just really, really began to unravel some things to me that needed to come uh, clear for me to be able to see what God was saying. The dream was about a person that I know that's in ministry, and I had met them years ago. And in the dream, uh, we were in a building that... Um, that was in the city where they live and they just kept speaking out loud about, you know, where we were at and saying the building and where, what city we was in and everything. And so in the dream, they got up and they walked over to me and they started giving me a word. And I noticed that when they started giving me the word, I started shrinking back as though I did not want to receive the word. And I began to feel the anointing on me as I shrank back, wondering why was I shrinking back in this dream? Why was I acting like that? So at any rate, uh, the person had a robe. It looks like a green robe. And they began to hand me that robe after they gave that word. And when they bent over to say something else to me, I smelled a stench that was so foul that I can't, can't put my finger on it. It was just a foul smell. And I knew that whatever this dream uh, was about that it had something to do about something that was the stench in the nostrils of God. And so um, they handed me the robe. And when I woke up, the only thing that kept coming to mind was handing back something that didn't belong to you. It, it, it The robe represents a mantle. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, we see when Elijah was getting ready to go up and Elisha asked for a double portion. And he told him if he was there, <clears throat> that when he went up, that he would be able to receive it. And his mantle fell to Elijah, Elisha. And so um, that robe record to me, when I woke up, the first thing that hit my spirit was giving back something that didn't belong to you. So anyway, my friend and I, when I got on the phone with her and we began to, I began to share that dream with her and we began to have a conversation. I began to share some things with her about over the years that had happened. And as I was sharing, God just started bringing the, the revelation to that dream and just started unraveling that dream to me. And so she began to speak the word offense. And I said, is the Lord saying to you that I'm offended? And she said, no, I don't think it's got nothing to do with you. But for some reason in my spirit, it would not let go that the Lord was trying to tell me that I, I was still offended. And so a couple of days after that, um, I began to do some work and I began to notice that everybody was coming for me. They were being smart. They were, some people were cursing and just saying all kind of stuff. And they don't know me. They, we were on the phone. And um, so I began to get an attitude. And the attitude was, I'm not going to let people talk to me in the kind of way. I never have. I'm not going to do it now. Haven't done it before. And so I started taking that stance of, I'm going to defend myself. Well, one thing that I know that I've learned over the years is that when you defend yourself, there is an offense somewhere. And so it took about two days of me going through this 
with everybody coming at me from all kind of directions. And I'm talking about it wasn't just one person. It was like everywhere I turned, this thing was happening. And so I began to pray. I got up one morning, <coughs> excuse me, and I began to pray. And I began to say to the Lord, Lord, I thought that I had dealt with all of this stuff. Why is this stuff coming back up again? And he began to say to me the word residue. And as I saw, as I heard the word residue, I'm a visual person. Sometimes you can be talking to me and I'll see a vision of something that you're talking about. Or God will show it to me in a way that lets me know exactly the way he sees it. And, and it's not doesn't make me any greater than anybody else. It's just the way that he shows things to me. And as he began to speak residue, I began to see like a little puddle of water on the floor under a table or something. And you know how when water uh, may be in your house or you might have had uh, too much water when you were mopping and you might have mopped and thought that you got it out, but then you left a little puddle of water that's sitting there. That's what the residue is like. It's like everything else might look like it's gone, but it's just that little puddle of water that's still sitting there that's troubling your situations. And so I began to cry out to the Lord and I began to say, Father, and when Jesus went on that cross, he took my offenses to the cross with him. So I'm going to go nail this to the, back to the cross. I'm going to give this back to you because I can't do nothing with it. And I began to pray that. And I began to say, I nailed this to the cross. And Father, I come behind the cross because my life is hid in you. And then I come into the throne room and enter into the courts of heaven. And I lay this at the feet of Jesus who is making intercession for me. And as I began to pray that and began to just speak my heart to the Lord, my telephone rang. And it was a business client. And that business client began to talk to me about business. But then all of a sudden he switched and he began to answer me what I had been talking to the Lord about. And this man began to go down the road with me about my life. And I mean, it was things that I hadn't shared. I hadn't even talked to God about it that morning. But he began to walk me down the road, hallelujah, and began to share so much stuff with me and bring so much clarity and reiterate to me things that I knew that I probably had set aside or, or wasn't thinking about or forgot about or whatever, however you want to put it. But he began to walk me down the road to deliverance. And I tell y'all, I cried to this client. I just broke down and started crying because the anointing was so overwhelming that God just let me know that he heard me because while I'm talking to the Lord, the phone ring and this man stepped right over into that atmosphere and began to speak to me as though the father himself had came down and sat beside me and started talking. And I was no good. And I cried and cried and cried. And when I when he talked to me for two solid hours and when he got off the phone with me, somewhere in the midst of the conversation, before he even hung up, I felt that thing lift up off me like somebody took a garment off of me and took it off my shoulders. And so after I got through talking to him, um, I just began to, you know, just listen to the Lord and, and started just having a conversation in my heart with God. And he began to say to me, tell Baron versus testimony. And I began to say, tell Baron. And so he gave me the scripture. I started going and digging it out in the scripture. And Proverbs 11 and 13 says, He that goeth about tale-bearing revealeth secrets, 
but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. And then in Proverbs 20 and 19, it says, He that go about, goeth about talebearing revealeth secrets. Therefore, meddle not with him that openeth his lips. And so I want to just stop right here for just a minute and just talk to you about talebearing. It talks about in one scripture that the, the wound of the talebearer goes deep. Do you not know that what is attached to that woundedness in your spirit is talebearing? And you know, for years here, I thought that when I would be talking about the things that were done to me, I thought that I was giving my testimony. I'm being real with you, coming clean. I ain't got no shame because I don't owe the devil nothing to nobody else except to love them. But I want to tell you this right here, that I thought that I was giving my testimony. But what the Lord began to show me in this is that the, that the wounds, hallelujah, that had not been dealt with, was causing talebearing to come forth. And instead of you giving a testimony, you were gossiping and slandering and tearing down your brothers and sisters and not building anybody up because you were doing to them what was done to you. And even though along the way that all of the stuff was done, God kept giving me the scripture, vengeance is mine, I will repay. What I came to the realization through all of this of the realization that I came to was this, is that I didn't fully give it over to God. I didn't fully give him the things that were done, that were said, the actions of other people, um, the way that people treated me, all, all of the kind of stuff, whatever it was. I didn't give it all over to him. I kept a part for myself. Wow. And that part that I kept for myself kept me in a place where I thought that I was free, but I was not free. I was still bound by the wounds that were in my spirit, man, of what others had done to me. And I knew that whenever I started trying to defend myself, that there was an offense somewhere. And over the years, the main thing that God has spoken to me is that forgiveness was a choice, that I had to choose to forgive people. And even with all my strength, when I thought that I had forgiven them and I had tried and, oh, I'm letting this thing go, God still see what you didn't let go of. And whatever you keep in reserve to yourself, you haven't given it to him, so he can't do nothing with it. So I just wanted to come and tell you that. Let's go to Psalms 50 and 20. It says, Thou sittest and speaketh against thy brother, thou slanderest thy own mother's son. Do you not know that when you are talebearing, you're speaking against others and you're slandering their name? And, and God said, These things has you done, and I kept silent. Thou thought that I was altogether such as one as thyself, but I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Let me tell you something. I don't mind God setting things in order before my eyes. And if he have to set it in order with me in order for somebody else to get it and for him to set it in order with them, we are on a winning side and I want to see you win. And I can't hold the things back that he's delivered me from because I want to be the only one delivered. No, God wants his whole body delivered so that we can walk together. And so when you walk around and you are prideful and you think that the way that you think about somebody is okay, I'm just here to tell you today, it's not okay with God. He's not pleased with that. 
because we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So when I look at you and I look at you and you're wrong and I even look at you and the things that you may have done, uh, someone may have done to me, I got to look at them and think, what if that was me on the other side of this thing? What if that was me doing them like that? How would it feel if I was on the other side of this thing instead of, instead of the recipient of it? We have got to be like Jesus was when he was on that cross and, and it was the, the people who said that they knew God and loved God that were saying crucify him, crucify him. And you know why they were saying crucify him? Because they did not understand who he was. They did not recognize who he was until he hung his head and died. And that's when they said, surely this is the son of man. This is the son of God. Surely this is him. It wasn't until he died that they knew who he was. And so I want to just encourage you today that if you are holding anything in your heart towards anybody, whether it's me, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your husband, your brothers, your sisters, your co-workers, your children, anybody, I want to just encourage you. Go back to God. Go back to the foot of that cross and nail that thing to the cross, nail that offense, that, that slander, that resentment, that bitterness, that hatred, all of that. Nail it to the cross. Give it over to God and let him raise you up the way that he choose to raise you up. And when you give it to him, enter into the courts of heaven and state your case before him and lay it at the feet of Jesus, who is forever sitting at the right hand of the father, making intercession for you. When you can't do it yourself. Know that he's already done it. The Lord says in Psalms 50 and 23, Whosoever offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Now let me tell you something. It's one thing when you order your conversation aright in front of others. But when you get around behind closed doors and you begin to whisper against people and you begin to gossip about people and you begin to slander people and you begin to come against people's character. God still sees it all because nothing is hidden from him. So those things that you go and tell somebody in secret about somebody is still the same as if you did it in front of everybody because God is your audience and he sees everything. So I want to encourage you today. Let God cleanse your heart. Wash your hands, hallelujah, from all filthiness and anything that would get in the way of your walk with God. Let go of those things that would hinder your walk with him and would hinder you from loving your brothers and sisters the way that God chooses for you to. You can be right about everything that you think about somebody. You could be right. But does that really matter as much as you being loving and giving them over to the Lord and let God be the one to change them and correct them? He didn't put us in the earth to change and correct everybody. Yeah, we ought to rebuke each other sometimes and, and rebuke each other and provoke each other to do good works. Because the scripture says that iron sharpeneth iron and a friend that sharpeneth the countenance of a friend. But we're not supposed to tear down each other's reputation, slander each other, be scandalous and, and dog each other out and feel like we write about each other. Years ago, there was a book written by a man, uh, his last name was Prince. I, and he wrote a book about um, blessings or curses you choose. It was Derek Prince, matter of fact. It was blessings or curses you choose. That was one of the best books that I have ever written and wrote, excuse me, have ever read in my life. And that book 
made me realize even then that sometimes you can come into agreement against somebody and, and with somebody else. And your words that you thought about that person can have some power until that person begins to uh, take the, the the word of God and begin to combat against the, the word curses that have been spoken over them. And you'll think you're right about that person just because you said it and because somebody agreed with you on it. And it could just be that you're looking at them through your eyes and not through the eyes of God. Today, I encourage you, stop the slander and the evil speaking against your brothers and sisters. Stop the, the scandalous. Stop talking about each other. And I'm talking to myself. I'm not telling you something that I haven't had to say to my own self. Stop rebuking. Uh, I mean, excuse not rebuking, but reviling each other. And, and I want to go here and just say the word um, scandal, uh, slander uh, is, is uh, tailbearing. It means rakeel, excuse me. And rakeel is a scandal monger. And it says it goes about trafficking, bearing tales. Do you know that you know better than the drug trafficker that goes about selling drugs and, and, and uh, working in sorcery by trapping people into the things that they do? You know better than that when you go around and gossip and slander and when you have secret meetings uh, about people and, and secret conversations about people. You are a trafficker. You're a scandal monger. And God is not pleased. And in Jeremiah 6 and 28, it says they are grievous revolters walking with slanders. They are brass and iron, yet they are corruptors. Do you know that when you slander, you're full of corruption? And let's go read Jeremiah 9 and 4. It says, take ye heed every one of his neighbor and trust ye not in any brother, for every brother, brother will utterly supplant. You know, to, to, to be a supplanter is to be a trickster. And every neighbor will walk with slanders. We do not want to walk with slanders. We do not want to walk around and slander people and be considered as slanderous men or women. And in Ezekiel uh, 22, the Lord says, Son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the city of bloodshed? Then make her recognize all her repulsive acts. You shall say, thus says the Lord God, a city that sheds blood in her midst so that her time of doom will come and makes idols to defile her contrary to her interests. You have become guilty by the blood which you have shed and you are defiled by the idols which you have made. Thus you have caused your day of judgment and punishment to approach and have arrived at the completion of your years. Therefore, I have made you an object of scorn to the pagan nations and a thing to be mocked by all countries. Those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you, you infamous one of ill repute, full of turmoil. Do you not know that we look around and we see so much bloodshed in our land? We see so many murders and so many deaths in our land. And the reason that we see so many murders and so many deaths in our land is because the meek that are supposed to inherit the land, instead of crying out to the Lord and asking him to drive out the bloodshed in the land, 
also starting with you, your very own self, that whatever bloodshed is in your land, in your body, in your physical being, in your surroundings. If you don't start at your house and ask God to cleanse the land, how can he cleanse the land around you? You keep crying out to him, but you won't go to him and ask him to start with you and cleanse your land because that's where the bloodshed starts. It starts with us as individuals. And today I just ask you to hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and ask him to drive out our bloodshed in your land so that he can cleanse the entire land, the land that he promised to give you, the land that he promised, the, the territory, the regions that he promised to give you. The reason there is so much bloodshed in the land is because bloodshed is in our hearts. Hey, and God said that who can know the heart? He said the heart is desperately wicked. And if we don't ask him to drive out the wickedness in our, in our hearts, how can we expect him to drive out the wickedness in the land? I want to encourage you today to deal with those things in your heart, in your surroundings that is keeping the fullness of God from having possession of you so that we can take back the land for the father. I want to tell you that you won't have a testimony if you keep going about talebearing because the testimony he said in the book of Revelations that they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Where did the lamb shed the blood? He shed the blood on the cross. And if you don't take everything and nail it to the cross and you keep going about talebearing amongst your brothers, there is no testimony. There's only God and slander and evil speaking. But when you nail it to the cross and enter into the courts of heaven, hallelujah, that's where you get the testimony. And what is the testimony? The testimony is we overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the blood of the lamb. And the word of our testimony is that Jesus died on the cross to save us all. Yeah. He took everything to the cross with him. So that all we could do is stand up and live and live our life as he did. So I want to encourage you today. If you're still gossiping, if you're still backbiting, if you're slandering, if you're dogging out the leaders of the country and you're dogging out your pastors and you're dogging out the leaders in the church, God is not pleased. And I want to pin this right here. If you are a leader, a man or woman of God who is over a flock of people and you're standing up and you're speaking against the leaders of this country and you're expecting peace to be in your house, I'm here to tell you it won't be because God told us that we are to pray for those who have rule over us and who are in, uh, in authority. <coughs> Excuse me. He is not going to keep on allowing us to get away with saying things against people and then standing up and expecting people to follow us and submit to us and be under our leadership when we use our mouth any kind of way. See, we think that God is a respectful person and we think that he can that he'll continue to overlook what we're saying and doing and we can just get up and say whatever and everybody's supposed to submit. The devil is a liar. That is not true and it's got to stop in the body of Christ because God God is not pleased. He is not pleased. Get your mouth off of his people. Even the sheep. He is not pleased with you beating the sheep. He said, why hear I the bleating of the sheep in my ears? You keep beating the sheep and God going to take them from you. He said that in the book of Jeremiah, he said that he would raise up pastors after his own heart and he would stop the pastors from feeding the flock. 
Submit yourself to the Lord today and allow him to clean up that thing in you that causes you to destroy and be destructive against people. All the false, fake, all of that. Put it to the cross and rise up and walk in him. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I want to end with this right here. The day after the Lord had this man to call me and deal with me about all the different stuff that I had going on, <laughs> that I thought I was over. Do you not know that he turned around and sent one of his daughters to me that was in the same place? And while I was sharing with her what God had done for me the day before, he allowed my daughter to call me. And she was going through the same thing. And I was going from one line to the other, talking to, to and encouraging and saying, but you got to give this to the Lord. You got to nail it to the cross. And I thank God that he dealt with me before he let me go tell it to somebody else and deal with somebody else about it or let somebody even come to me about what their issue was. And so I want to tell you that the scripture says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. I can't tell you when you ought to be healed, but I can tell you that if you take it to the cross and go behind the cross where your life is hid in him and go into the throne room, into the courts of heaven and give this thing to the one who's making intercession for you, you're going to be able to make it. I hope you have a wonderful day. I love you. And I pray that this was a blessing to you. Amen.